Hello again, I'm Dr. Nick Alanoff, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Ask Dr. Alanoff, where you ask the questions and I do my very best to answer them. Please write in to podcast at dralanoff.com and ask me your questions or suggest a health-related topic you'd like to hear more about. I've practiced functional medicine for 18 years, but more importantly, I'm a husband, father, self-proclaimed health nut, director of Alanov Wellness, owner of Insight Nutrition, creator of DrAlanov.com, lover of food, family, good friendships, and of course, all things health and wellness. Stay tuned for weekly topics such as quality sleep, stress management, anti-aging hacks, EMF and Wi-Fi concerns, healthy homes, fitness, metabolic management, nutrition, and so much more. I'm excited you're here, so let's begin. Welcome, everybody. I'm Dr. Nick Alano. Thanks for joining me today for Episode 7. I'm labeling this episode, Making Rapid Change. Had a good ring to it. I thought, ooh, sounds exciting. And uh, actually goes with some of the questions we're going to be answering today. So let's jump right into our essential takeaways for this episode. What is it we're going to look at? Um, We're going to start with answering some questions that I've posed. First, is it possible to make rapid change in your health, even if you've tried before and haven't haven't had success with that. Uh, We're going to look at uh, why we become less healthy in the fall and winter. I think this is a real important uh, thing that I want to look at, especially considering what's going on with COVID right now. And a lot of people are getting anxious about this coming fall. So we're going to look at some of these issues. And also, how is it possible to achieve good health even if you've tried before and failed? So can we create change? Can you create change even if you've tried and failed in the past? And uh, the reason I'm bringing this up again is that we need to start creating rapid change in our health coming up to this fall and winter because this is going to be one doozy of a stressful uh, second half to our year, to say the least, right? We know there's a lot of health issues on the horizon and um, we're going to have a lot of fear around that. So I'm not saying that the health issues themselves, the virus isn't going to like sweep through the nation and kill everyone. We pretty much know that that's not going to happen. But in the wake of all of this, we've got a lot of fear around health issues. So every time somebody sneezes or coughs, um, somebody has a panic attack and just about dies of a heart attack. So we need to really, uh, as a society, kind of hone that in Take some of this fear and turn it into something good. Like, like uh, I, it's not good to be so afraid of everything, but in a way, this has helped given us focus to, hey, how can we as a society become healthier overall? How can we think about health in a healthier way? Back around to our question today, making rapid change. How can we do that? So let's begin. Now, I'll start by saying making rapid change is possible, And when you admit to your weaknesses, when you really look at yourself, admit what your weaknesses are, where it has to do with your health, uh, it can even become simple to make rapid change. But we really have to be honest with ourselves and look at those things that we know we should have changed or we might need to change. The things we've been ignoring usually are the ones that are the changes that are the most important. Making a rapid improvement in health 
has very little to do with gathering information. Okay, it, it's, it's more about doing the right thing. Information's everywhere. For many, the biggest barrier to rapid change is our mind. Right? In, some of the, in some of my upcoming episodes, I'm going to focus on the changes we need to make in our minds to eliminate these barriers to health and wellness. But for today, we're looking at physical things we can do and change uh, in our routine, our diet, and our choice making. And so uh, we should make these changes now. If you're saying to yourself, hey, I feel fine. It's summer. Summer's great. Yeah, I know. Most people feel great in the summertime. Uh, but fall is right around the corner. So looking forward into fall, we have to ask the question, why do we so quickly succumb to illness as the seasons change into fall and winter, right? And the answer to that is because it's the cold season that really points out to us our lack of healthy choices. We can get away with some of these healthy choices in the summertime, but as, as it gets colder, we get more stress. So what sort of stresses are obviously there in the winter, but not in the summer, starting with, of course, uh, temperature, cold stress, right? And so the temperature itself can be very stressful, especially if you're in the upper Midwest or upper East Coast areas where it gets quite, uh, quite chilly and a lot of storms come through. Then there, of course, wintertime, there's the lack of sunlight. And because we are inside dwellers, we barely get enough sun- sunlight in the summertime. In the wintertime, it's literally lights out. We hardly have any sun exposure whatsoever. And we know that that has many different kinds of health effects, obviously. So the further north you live, the shorter those days are going to become leading up to uh, the winter solstice. And then uh, other issues with winter, we have a decrease in food nutrient quality. Our nutritional value of our food drops rapidly when, of course, we're shipping it in from other countries and other places in our country. So the further the food has to travel, the sooner you have to pick it and the least nutrient-dense it is. Whether it's organic or regularly produced foods, doesn't matter. When you ship it in from other countries, you pick it way too early so it doesn't rot. You spray it down with chemicals to stop it from ripening. Then when you get it to the the store, then you spray it with other chemicals to get it to ripen. And so it's not natural, obviously. And so food quality goes down considerably in the wintertime. It doesn't necessarily have to. If you eat local, if you plan ahead, if you're eating the right type of foods. Um, But again, we'll get into that in uh, more detail soon. Other winter stressors, poor sleep cycles. Our sleep issues are made worse by the dark days of winter, right? And then there's, of course, too much man-made light exposure as well. So as the days get shorter, we have to use more man-made light. And that affects our sleep cycle. And so you want to listen to my podcast on sleep. I talk all about that. So there's the increase in mental stress, right? Because winter, again, becomes busier. There's more stresses just in general, a lot more stuff going on. Summers tend to be a little more laid back. So we have more mental stresses in the wintertime, uh, the long season. And then there's the increase in uh, comfort foods and sugars that we consume. So there's dietary stress that we impart on ourselves just by our nature. We think of, you know, heartier foods in the wintertime. And not that hearty food is bad for us. It depends on what type of hearty foods we're talking about. So if we're talking about, um, you know, bone broth and and soups and more animal, healthy animal products and heavier foods, that's okay as long as you can digest those things and you counterbalance them with the proper kinds of fiber 
But most people, when we think comfort foods, we think way too many processed carbohydrates, sugars, sweets, and um, you know more alcohol, things like that in the wintertime. So these things should be decreased when, in fact, we're increasing them usually in the winter. So there's all these winter stresses, and they do nothing but point out to us our already weak systems. So that is why uh, we end up not feeling as well. And it starts right into October, right as that temperature is starting to crash. This leads to, of course, winter blues, that lack of natural light, lack of outdoor activity. And so we can actually have major you know, mental, emotional stressors that increase as well. So how is it possible to achieve good health even if you've tried before but failed? Because oftentimes I'm saying things and people say, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before, Dr. Alanov. I've tried it, it doesn't work, all right? Now, I, I need to start by saying, when I answer this question, how can I, how can I make a difference, is that humans are far more similar than we are different. Let me explain, right? It, it drives me a little crazy when you hear this tendency that we have in our culture right now to constantly push to make us all feel like individuals when it comes to our physicalness, right? Um, and when we're searching for answers, oh, I'm such an individual, it just doesn't work for me. This is nonsense, okay? Yes, we have individual souls and minds, and we are certainly individuals in spirit, but our bodies are 99.99% similar, right? And you look around, oh, but we all look so different. No, I'm talking about the fact that we are all humans. We are not each an individual different species. We are human beings, and in that case, we have different color hair, different color skin and eye shape and all heights and all this sort of stuff. But that's nothing compared to how similar we are. And so I'm saying this because, in fact, one of the one of the, the kind of things that has been not explained well enough, I believe, in the health community and for certain reasons. I think it's because the more individual you seem like you are, the more like you are to buy all kinds of random things to help balance your individuality, right? So I think it's a marketing ploy is what I think. When in truth, health is not a secret. There are no secrets. It's not like this little secret code that only applies to you. That is not at all true, right? You must follow certain rules if you want to be healthy. That is the bottom line. So I've, you know, I've spent 20 years studying health and trying to figure out what is the commonality between us, that what are the common things that we all have to understand? And it turns out there's some very simple common things. That's what I really boiled down 20 years of experience into my ebook that I just released. Okay, and I, I titled it Essential 5, Strengthening Your Immunity. Of course, the essential five has more to do than just with immunity, but that, of course, is the focus that the world's focusing on right now. So a little bit of good marketing and decided to call it strengthening your immunity because it's true. All right, but it it's not entitled the optional five, strengthening your immunity. It's the essential five because these things are essential to all human beings. All right, so it, it's very important that you hear that message. It's a little harsh sometimes. People want to say, oh, you know, but you know, I've tried this before and nothing happened, so I stopped doing it. And then I tried this and, you know, I've done that before and it didn't do anything, so I stopped doing that. Okay, if you've tried to become healthy but have failed, it isn't because you are hopeless. It is because you haven't put enough of the pieces of the puzzle together. 
Okay, you need enough pieces together that you can actually start seeing some of the picture. You know, when you start a puzzle, if, if you just have the puzzle in front of you without the box and you're really just doing it like some people do, you have no idea what that picture is. Well, you don't put a few pieces together that fit and then go, oh, but I can't see the picture, so I'm going to take these three pieces apart. And then, oh, let's see, let's try over here. Oh, here's three more pieces that fit together. Oh, nope. You know, it's a 5,000-piece puzzle, and I can't see the picture, so I'm going to give up now because these three pieces... No, you don't do that, right? You piece it together. Okay, here's some pieces here. Here's some pieces there. Here's some pieces there. Now, I understand why we usually do it the other way, why we try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. Okay, It's because it's human nature to have a very linear way of thinking where you're just like, oh, this sounds right. I'm going to give it a try. And then when you don't get anything back in return, it's very easy to just fall back to where we were. That's human nature. But um, if it seems to you that you're being overwhelmed all the time, then it's pretty obvious where you need to start. You need to start with your mind, right? This is why you're overwhelmed is because we're, we're not looking at the whole picture. And that's why in the essential five, the first thing that I believe is essential is our mind, right? Like I said, we're going to have whole podcast episodes dedicated to that. So, you know, to wrap up my first half of this, my questions that I've posed Absolutely, you know, you can make rapid change in your health, which we're going to discuss here soon. Um, absolutely, you can make changes even if you've never had changes that have occurred before, right? If you've tried and failed and tried and failed, uh, you can't give up on that. What you need to do, however, is start finding a better way of thinking about it. And you need to put more of these pieces together. Be okay with the fact that at first they might seem a little random, but they're not. You have to remember that you're, it's all part of this bigger picture. They all fit together. And it's the human puzzle, right? We are 99.99% similar. And I can say that without a doubt because I've seen it happen. When people follow the framework of my system, the Essential Five, amazing things happen all, every single time, right? I can say that because it, it's true. And so I hope this happens for you. This broadcast, these podcasts is more about, again, giving you little pieces of the puzzle. But just why do we do it that way? Because I know we have to take in information little bits at a time, but I'm hoping that eventually that creates a spark and you start changing more and more things. And eventually, boom, you know, you, you can finally see that picture. And, and then from there, it just takes off. Then it's it actually becomes simple at that point. Why? Because when you see a majority of the picture, every once in a while, maybe one or a few pieces fall out, but it's like no big deal, right? Because you're not starting from scratch. You're like, oh well, dear, I, you know, this piece fell off, this piece fell off, but it's a thousand, it's a five thousand piece puzzle. A few pieces here and there, no big deal. But if you're starting from scratch, I understand it can seem quite overwhelming. All right, so with that, let's move to some actual questions. It's Ask Dr. Alanov, by the way. So, boy, if I wasn't answering questions, it would sort of make no sense that I called it that, right? All right, remember, I changed these names, but, you know, because I want it to be uh, as anonymous as possible. But we'll call this first question from Molly. All right, Molly, thanks for writing in. And her question is, if you had to choose one thing from each of the five, essential five, to start with, what would it be? All right. So basically, if I went through my central five and I chose just one thing from each category, what would it be, you know, to make the most rapid change? Or obviously she's saying, you know, what, where, where would we want to start? 
Now, what we're going to do is we're going to start with number two. Actually, I'm going to leave mind till the end. You'll see why. So we're going to start with number two, which is movement. And I know a generic answer, obviously, if you're just choosing one thing to do in the category of movement, it's to do it regularly. All right. Because exercise is essential for the human body, the mind, every single thing, our metabolism, detox, lymphatics, immune system, everything depends on movement. So the number one thing we want to remember is to move often, every single day, several times a day if possible, right? And so, well, I know, sorry, pretty boring, straightforward answer. But when it comes to movement, if I had to pick the top, we're just going to go with that, the most, the most essential thing. Now, moving on to food, what would I pick out of food? Ooh, now, now it's getting a little more difficult. I would have to say the number one thing I would do if I wanted to make a rapid change in my health and I was doing it in the food category, it would be to stop eating inflammatory foods. And we're gonna, what do I mean by inflammatory foods? Oftentimes people think inflammatory foods are junk foods or are um, uh, toxic foods, things like that. Believe it or not, that's not always the case. So we're gonna quickly review the healthy five food criteria. So when we're in our food category, under the essential five in the ebook, it talks about the five things that healthy foods have to be in order to be healthy. So one, they have to be non-toxic. Two, they have to support a healthy biome. Three, they do not cause inflammation. All right, there's my point. Four, easy to digest. And five, they're packed with healthy macronutrients. So those are the criteria for healthy foods. But if somebody was making a food change or a food choice and they said, what, do, what can I do in my food choices that will make the most rapid change, most noticeable change, something that I'll know I'm making an improvement, I can say without a doubt, because I do it all the time, this is the first thing I do with all my patients, especially if they have any digestive issues or if they're experiencing any kind of inflammatory issue, whether that be autoimmune reaction, and um, anxiety, uh, mental issues, whether it be um, you know, allergies, allergy response, skin issues, always we want to reduce inflammatory foods first. And so what does that usually mean? What does that look like? Right? And believe it or not, if you were going to eliminate the most inflammatory foods, the ones that are going to create the biggest change, what I would do is I would take out uh, beans and I would take out nightshades all right, we're not going to get into the, what these are, but just look them up if you need to. I would take out anything with corn in it, right? And then um, lastly, sugar, right? So beans, nightshades, corn, sugar. These are the things that are going to create the most inflammatory response in our body the quickest, right? Not There's lots of other things that cause inflammation. One other thing I'd probably put on that list is a junk fats. So the the junk processed garbage, uh, let's see how many other negative terms I can <laughs> uh, create here, um, but the junk processed fats and oils that we create, that would be the soybean oil, the peanut oils, canola oil, all these horrible oils that are coming from in industrialized uh, machinery processing plants in order to squeeze them out of these uh, beans or these grains are highly inflammatory. So reducing the oils, the corn, sugar, and then nightshades and beans. What? I eat beans all the time. They're so healthy for me. Yeah. Well, give it a shot. See what happens. <laughs> I've, I've, I've turned a lot of people 
around on their understanding of what beans do to our digestive system simply by taking them out. So, okay, back to food. The number one thing we can do to re, to create a rapid change would be to stop consuming inflammatory foods. If you want to see the whole list, understand it more deeply, go ahead, download my ebook at drlanov.com and uh, yeah, take a look at that. All right, so next category we're looking at, central five, is sleep. All right, number one thing I would do in the category of sleep to create a rapid change in my health would be by far, I say this to everyone now, is turn off your Wi-Fi router at night before you go to bed, All right? If a lot of people have heard this before, a lot of people do it. Some people are thinking, why on earth would I do that? Um, I'm just going to put it out there. If you really want to know the answer, just go ahead, click back a few episodes. I have a whole episode on sleep. I talk a lot about that. You know, but essentially, these, these EMFs, these high EMF fields that are around us are definitely reducing our melatonin production and messing with our sleep uh, rhythms in our brain. And so if you want to sleep better, you want, you want more health, you need better sleep. If you want better sleep, you really have to look into all these other things that affect our sleep. So turning off your Wi-Fi router at night is going to reduce the most EMF stress if I had to pick one thing. If I could pick two things, it would be turn off your Wi-Fi router and then uh, get your cell phone away from your bed at night. So at least 10 feet away from your bed. But if I'm picking one thing, it's turn off your Wi-Fi router. If you want to know how to do that, again, we have other episodes on that information. All right, nutrition. If I had to pick one thing in nutrition, and nutrition is really, that category is actually pretty simple because like I described in uh, the last episode, we talked about micronutrients, which is what nutrition is about. And it's really about getting it all in. And we said how if, if you're... Only if you're only eating healthy foods or you're only consuming food and thinking you're getting all your micronutrients from your foods, it just isn't happening anymore. So maybe you're getting 50% of them, but they're all essential. Getting 50% of something that's essential is not going to cut it anymore. So in order to get all the micronutrients we need, we need multinutrient formulas. We need to take high quality multinutrient formulas in order to ensure we're getting all of these essential micronutrients to have the most optimal health. Now, certainly, can you go without these formulas and still live? You know, you're not going to like die tomorrow if you don't take these things. No, but we're talking about total and complete health. We're talking about increasing our health. We're talking about having the healthiest fall and winter season we've ever had, right? We're trying to create rapid change here. And so in order to do that, we need to find a high quality multinutrient formula. I'm just going to go ahead and save the first time on air. Our sponsor for all of this, all of my episodes, is my nutritional company, Insight Nutrition. Okay, spelled I-N-S-I-T-E. Spelled a little strange, so insightnutrition.com. Or you can go to drlanov.com, click on shop. There it is. All right. So I started my own nutritional company, Insight Nutrition, uh, several years ago. And I did this because I was just so tired of having to use so many different formulas and remedies for my patients. I, I wanted to find formulas that were the absolute best possible formulas available in the world. I wanted to bring them to my patients in a simple, easy way. So that's why I started this company. But now that I'm doing this, uh, I figured it wouldn't hurt to tell more people about it. And so our premier formula, the number one selling product we have is called Cell Energy Complete, and it is a complete multinutrient formula. We 
Um, sell that obviously to friends, family, to patients, uh, but we also sell that online. And if you want to go check it out and you listen to my previous episodes on what true micronutrient formulas should be, it's everything you really need. So if there is one thing that you're going to do for yourself nutritionally, right, in order to make a rapid change in your health this year, going into this fall and winter, when our immune systems start to tank, we have to consume the right balance, the right type, and a complete nutrient formula. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I need to take zinc because somebody told me to take zinc, and so I'll go do that. Oh, I think I need more vitamin C because, yeah, we, we've only been saying that for like the past 60 years. You should take more vitamin C to have a healthy immune system. Sure, all these things are true, but it, this does not address the full picture. We need that full, complete you know, at least 150 different micronutrients, phytonutrients, cell transport nutrients. We need all sorts of things, things you've never heard of. And so unless you want to spend the next, you know, 15 years of your life studying, you know, what are all the possible things I might need to get my immune system working right? Sure, you can do that. Or you can find formulas already made today that are absolutely second to none. Um, and so then there's, there's a lot of them out there. You know, I, I'd like to believe mine's the best because... Well, it's mine, <laughs> but there's others out there. Um, but please find something, find a micronutrient formula that has everything you need for your body, not your individual body, right? Remember, you're not a you're not unique. You're not your own particular species. It's, you know, you don't need like Bob doesn't need Bob supplement and Mary doesn't need Mary's supplement. We're humans. We all need a single complete multinutrient formula made for humans with cells, Right. You have cells in your body, they're all the same. My cells are the same as your cells. There's nothing special about our cells, uniquely about us. Cells are cells, they all need A, B, C, D through Z, all these things. Get it in your body and your body will thank you. Okay. Now the last, so I, it's the first of the essential five, but I left it to the end, is mind, right? Okay, so now this is what, this is difficult. Now I like to try to actually answer everyone's questions um, as best I can. Doesn't mean I'll always have a, you know, a, a good answer. <laughs> um, but there's no easy answer to um, what one thing can I do when it comes to the mind. Having a healthy mind is a decision we make, Right? And we all must make that decision ourselves if we want to end the chaos and the stress that an unhealthy mind produces. And unfortunately, you look around today and you say, okay, how many unhealthy minds are there around us? We'll just ask the question, is there any uh, stress or chaos in the world today? Yeah, just a little bit, right? This comes from an unhealthy mind. Right? You can't say that's coming from lack of micronutrients or not getting enough quality sleep, right? These problems come from our mind, all this chaos. So the one thing I would suggest, right, to make the decision to make your mind a priority, make that decision. That's the one thing I would do because it's usually the one thing people do last. It's the one thing we don't want to do. Why? Because subconsciously we know this is difficult. This isn't easy. Oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. So I would, I would suggest doing this before the fall comes. We're going to have new stressors coming at all of us this fall and winter. And our old ways of dealing with stress, which we call distraction, these aren't going to work anymore. All right? And our, our old distractions aren't going to work 
for two reasons. One, many of our distractions have been taken away from us. They're gone. I can't go to a movie. I was, I was so looking forward to, to going and, what was it, Top Gun 2. Oh, I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to that and haven't seen it yet. Why? Well, because the movie theaters are closed. Oh, dear. I'm a big, I'm a big movie guy. Love big Hollywood movies. It's a great distraction, right? And there's nothing wrong with distractions if you're just using it for the joy of the distraction. But if you're using distraction to pull your mind away from dealing with stress in a real, logical, heartfelt way, well, that's not going to end well. All that's going to do is increase your anxiety. It's going to increase your fears. So number one reason why distraction is not going to work anymore is that um, a lot of our distractions have left the building. What's that leaving us with? Look at this. What's happening now in society is uh, one, um, bad, you know, bad things are going up, alcohol abuse, um, depression, anxiety, suicide, all these things are going up, sadly. The first reason that's happening is because distractions have been taken away. So we're feeling out of sorts and our anxiety is soaring. And then secondly, stress itself has gone up. So our fears are being externalized. They're in our face. What do I mean by that? So they're not just internal fears running in the background anymore. The virus, the economy issues, the election coming up, our future, our safety, all these things now are externalized more and more. They're out there. They're right in front of us. And because they're not just a thought process or a fear in the background, I mean, they, your, your mind and your your body really feels this as a danger. And a lot of these, you know, they're not danger yet, but they could be, right? And so it's that weird line between what's real danger and what is perceived danger. Because danger is real. It's a real part of life. But fear is an illusion. It's an illusion your ego mind creates in order to connect to the fear, to own the fear. And the more you own the fear, the more anxiety you get, and if you don't know how to deal with that in your mind, then you need distraction to pull your mind away from the fear, right? So like I said, mind was going to be a tough answer there. I still haven't said what, oh, I did say what the one thing is. So if there's one thing I would suggest people do in that category of mind, it's to begin the process, make the decision to do that. Now, a lot of this, you know, the reason why I'm coming out with a lot of things right now is because every time I thought I'd come out with one thing, I'd think, okay, if I come out with this, if I tell people what they need to do, what are they going to do though? Like, what are they going to have to actually make that real? And so, you know, I've always been a big proponent of, you know, don't create a problem unless you have an answer. <laughs> so I didn't want to create a problem. Um, so I'm working as quickly as I can now in, in light of all these new stresses to create as many answers as I can. So one answer I have for people, if they say, well, what do I do with my mind? I've created a new process, which I'm doing on Facebook Live called Courage Training, right? And so um, I ask you to check that out if you'd like. You can uh, go to Dr. Alanoff in Facebook, uh, like me, follow me, and uh, or click on that on my site. And every I, I'm, I'm shooting right now, it's about twice a week. I'd like to up that. So I'm not going to try and make any promises here on recorded uh, podcast, but I'm just trying to say that uh, the courage training is going to be a part of this for sure. And um, rather than get into it, I'd say just go check that out. But it's uh, it's essentially a process I've been creating for the past two years. I just launched it a week ago. And it's a system that allows us to turn our fears into courage. 
If that process doesn't occur, if we cannot transform our fears into courage, then our fears just eat us up. And so join me on that. uh, Yeah, join me on that front and let's do that together. And really, I do these things for myself as well. You think, oh, you got it all together, Dr. Allen. No, I don't. (laughs) I'm I'm always working on these things for myself, for my family. Um, The second something, something starts to work. I, I do my best to bring that to other people, but I'm, I'm doing the same thing every day. I'm, I'm trying to check in with my mind and say, hey, how's it going up there? Some days it's like, ooh, yikes, yeah, not so good. And so <laughs> I'm working on my courage training and I'm, I'm hoping that by helping other people to learn it, it'll help me as well. So, um, so I'm saying you have to forgive me if that uh, it seems like I'm kind of creating this on the cutting edge as it's happening. And that's true. And so um, it's always changing. It's always, I'm always trying to improve it. And uh, I hope it's helpful. All right, moving on to the next question. Here we go. Yep, question number two for today from Sarah. Uh, she writes, hi, Dr. Alanov. I'm wondering why I feel so amazing in the summer months each year, only to end up with colds, chronic coughs, and lung issues starting in the late fall. Is there a way I can prevent this reoccurring health problem this year? Glad you asked, Sarah. So obviously, you know, I picked this question out because it fits into our topic today. And it's important that we look at cause and effect when it comes to our health issues in a different way. Oftentimes, we're looking at health issues in a symptomatic way because we're Westerners and that's how Westerners look at health. Like, oh, I have a cough because I caught something. So I just need antibiotics so I can kill that something and then the cough will go away. We're always trying to point the finger at something external to us when in reality the cause and the effect has goes way deeper right so the lifestyle problems that create sarah's respiratory issues in the late fall and winter are most likely around all year but the health effects of summer in other words summer's ability to negate and improve our health um, is probably taking away some of those symptoms and so sarah feels better in the summertime and then uh, not so good when we go into fall and winter. Because I tell people, you know, the judgment of your health and how healthy you are, I definitely don't want to look at summer as your, you know, oh, this is this is the healthy me. Uh, no, that's the relaxed summer you, right? The question is, how healthy are you in late fall and early winter? And if you're like most people and your health starts going downhill rapidly, that's really the judgment of what your health is like. So, it's a big topic, but if we just kind of quickly look at some of the, um, when, when people have chronic respiratory issues in most people, um, there's this couple of things going on, right? So I'll just go a few, th- a few of those things off the top of my head. The one thing I always think about is dehydration. Dehydration is a huge issue in our society, not because we don't drink enough water, but because we don't get the right minerals. We don't get the, we, we consume junk salt. So chronic dehydration from poor quality water, not enough quality salt, and in eating inflammatory foods, right? All those things, what they do is they weaken our kidneys. When our kidneys become weak from the Chinese acupuncture system, what happens is our lymphatic system doesn't move as well. And when the lymph gets backed up, the lymph is the fluid that pulls the junk away from our cells. Uh, Think of it like, you know, a drainage system. And so if you plug up the drainage system, it's going to back up. So oftentimes you hear it in people, their, their throats rattly, they're coughing and hacking on mucus, uh, their, their sinuses are congested, but they don't even have a cold. This is just something that comes and goes all winter long, 
right? Do you have a cold? No, no, it's just my cough, whatever it is. You get tested, you go to the doctor, oh, it must be a virus, it must be the common cold, it must be the flu, it must be all these things. And people just go round and round for months, yet the doctors are just like, I don't know, just drink more water and you know, make some chicken soup. But what's happening to these people in a large majority of the cases is the lymphatic system is backed up. And that creates this plugging of the mucus secretions. In other words, you're going to be hacking and coughing on your mucus all winter long. This is so, so common. I see, especially in children, uh, you walk into schools and like half the class is hacking and coughing. They're not sick, right? They're not passing anything around. Now this year, oh my gosh, like I can't even imagine what's going to happen when people start coughing. It's going to be, like I said, people are going to be having anxiety attacks and hyperventilating because, oh my gosh, you coughed and you're less than 25 feet from me. We have to settle down. But we do also have to recognize that it wouldn't hurt certainly wouldn't hurt to deal with some of these chronic, ridiculously simple, easy issues to fix. So when it comes to mucus, lymphatic uh, drainage, and dehydration, you have to drink healthy water. So go to my site, read my article on water. You have to consume a healthy salt. Go to my website, read my article on healthy salt. We need to sleep well, and we have to stop consuming inflammatory foods, right? If we did those simple things, 80, 90%, I guarantee of all this general coughing, sneezing, sinus congestion. Now, do I'll say, do those things actually turn into infections if they get strong enough, right? Because if you just like plug things up and you can't drain the mucus away, that's a breeding ground for bacteria because, you know, it's, it's, it's like a pond. If you don't drain it, it just sits there. What happens? It turns into a swamp, right? If it's moving, if there's a river flowing through it, if it's spring water coming into the pond, it's crystal clear. The fish are happy. Everybody's happy, right? No algae, nothing. If you plug it up, it turns into a swamp. So yes, if you plug up your lymphatic system, your drainage systems, your mucus secretion systems, and that stays that way for too long, it's going to turn into a swamp. And that's what bacteria and viruses like. And now you're actually going to get a problem. But it always, almost always starts, I'm going to say 100% of the time, it starts with a drainage issue, a dehydration issue, an imbalance in lymphatic flow. Another reason why we're healthier in the summertime. Because in the summertime, our diets tend to be lighter. We have fresher foods. Well, guess what that helps with? It helps with mucus and lymph movement, right? And then the heat. Guess what heat helps with? It helps with the lymph movement, right? Uh, our, Our organs are happier. Our kidneys are happier right? And so it's, uh, it really is that simple. I know it doesn't maybe sound simple, but if you, if you wrapped it up, going back to our previous thing with food, if I'm, if I'm thinking decreasing inflammation as I'm going into fall, I would say to Sarah, think about reducing beans, nightshades, corn, and unhealthy cooking oils. Just doing that alone is going to dramatically reduce the inflammation in your gut Oftentimes, it's the inflammation in our gut, which directly relates to the mucus secretion in our lungs and our sinuses. You can hear it in people. I I can tell somebody uh, sensitive to corn or dairy products, for example. I'll watch them eat a pizza or uh, eat corn chips. And prior to them eating these things, they could speak to me clearly, right? And then five minutes after they eat this food, they're they're, um, they're talking to me and they're clearing their throat every few seconds or they're all of a sudden they sound nasally and they're congested out of nowhere no not out of nowhere the inflammatory food 
created inflammation in their stomach and their small intestine. And when that inflammation occurs, it almost always reflects back up. It, it sends that inflammatory process up to the higher mucal membranes, the mucal membranes, the membranes that create mucus. That would be the lungs and the throat and sinuses. So again, just stop and think for a moment, going into fall and winter. Where do all of our things start from? It's always the lungs. Oh, I have a cough. It's the sinuses. It's the throat. I have a sore throat. I can't breathe. I'm, I, I have mucus coming out of my sinus. I have to blow my nose now. I'm sneezing. Yes, we can catch things and, and viruses and bacteria sometimes. It's less often than you realize. Much less. Nine out of ten times when you get the first symptoms, it has nothing to do with you catching something. It has everything to do with your hydration, your fluids, and how well your body manages those fluids to move the lymphatic system, everything I just described, all right? So reducing your inflammation, drinking clean water, consuming healthy salt, getting the junk out of your diet, the sugars, the 48-ounce lattes <laughs> with like 120 grams of sugar in them. Try, try going without those for a week. See how you feel, right? All right. So, Sarah, very good question. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank everyone who sent in their questions so far. If you haven't heard your answer yet, stay tuned. I'd like to pick up, uh, I like to pick out questions and uh, put them together in themes, obviously, as you can see. So I promise I will get to all your questions very soon in the coming episodes. I'm Dr. Nikolai Alanov signing out. Until next time, stay healthy and stay strong. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Alanoff. Ask me anything health-related. Send your questions or topics you would like to hear more about to podcast at dralanoff.com. Statements and viewpoints expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the FDA. This content is strictly the opinion of Dr. Nikolai Alanoff and is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or treatment from a personal physician. All readers, viewers, and listeners are advised to consult their doctors or qualified healthcare professionals regarding specific health concerns, symptoms, or conditions. The products discussed in this podcast are not intended to treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. All listeners, especially those taking prescription or over-the-counter medications, should consult their physicians before beginning any nutrition, supplement, or lifestyle program. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at dralanov.com and please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Be well and keep in touch.